Looking to create your best self, whether it's good for you lifestyle hacks, smarter ways to supplement, or tasty tips to fuel optimal health, Talk Healthy Today provides you the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. I am absolutely in love with doing this podcast. I would be thrilled if you rated, reviewed, and subscribed to the podcast. Now, on to the show. I just read an incredible book. It is called The Joy Achiever Journey, and it is by Tracy Lalonde, who joins us now. Hello, Tracy. Hello, Lisa. I'm glad to be here with you. So in the prologue, we learn about uh, somebody named Lauren. (laughs) Tell us about Lauren. (laughs) Lauren Lauren is a classic overachiever. Uh, She, from childhood, has been inspired to do really, really well. Uh, from the expectations of her parents that become her own expectations. And she is having a lot of success in her business and in work life, but the lifestyle of it is killing her, literally. Um, She's traveling 40 weeks a year, 100 nights a a year in a hotel. Uh, She's having heart palpitations, hair is thinning, and she decides that she's got to live differently. Wow. And Lauren is you. And Lauren is me. <laughs> I, I, I'm not giving away any other secrets. No, actually, I'm going to talk a lot about the contents of the book, but you still have to get it because it's fabulous. So tell us for you, what was it like? What What was the turning point where you're like, okay, enough already. This just isn't working. Yeah. Well, that was 2016 when, when I finally was literally having, you know, so many symptoms of stress and, and, and in one part in the book, I do talk about, you know, there's 27 different signs and symptoms of stress. And at my height, I was experiencing 60% of them. And, you know, my body, our bodies, our bodies tell us, but we don't, we're not very good about paying attention to it. And so, you know, my body was literally crying uncle and screaming for me to be different. And I finally listened. That's really what prompted all of this is I finally paid attention. Oh, well, that's huge. Well, let's get into some of those signs of stress coming up. There's, I, I, I just think it's so interesting. So the, you talk about the characteristics of being an overachiever and you write an overachiever's formula for success often looks like effort plus attainment plus recognition equals success. So talk to us a little bit about that formula because, you, you know, it sounds fine, but then it can really bite you in the rear end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we sacrifice ourselves to it. And, and we convince ourselves that it's the only way to be successful. Um, and the achieving is the only thing that is going to provide us that joy. And that's what I think is the misnomer that people get seduced by. And, and I call it the one size syndrome. You know, one side gets a job, one side get promoted, one side gets to the right financial level, once I get the kids to school, once I get the kids out of school, you know, once I retire, then I can have fun. I, I just say hogwash to that. We need to figure out how to achieve and have fun. Yeah. And what I love is why joy? And you have scientific studies have shown that happy people are healthier, have better mental health, are more likely to attract a love partner, enjoy stronger and more satisfying marriages, are better parents and and more. And again, if you're waiting for that joy to come, like what, at the end of your life when you're not so busy? Like you're saying, that is hogwash. Exactly. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm not, I I don't want to die wishing I worked more. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. 
I don't think that's going to come and happen. Um, and and so that's really the the power is we need to accept that there can be another way, and be willing to strive for that as voraciously as, as we've been striving for achievement. And the good news is those of us who do focus on achieving, we have the skill sets. It's the same skill sets, you know, around being disciplined, around you know, creating boundaries around work so you can have joy, um, setting a goal, but setting a goal for joy as much as, or as often as we do for work accomplishments. So we've got the skill sets. We just need to aim them in an additional direction. Yeah, exactly. I also love that you talk about finding your true self and you want to ask yourself, have you ever stopped to think about what you truly want out of life? Have you ever identified what makes you happy? What was it like when you asked yourself those questions? I realized that it wasn't just about uh, financial gain and or career gain, that truly I want a lot of other things. And, and beyond even what I was doing, I mean, it wasn't like I had an awful life. I mean, I had a great life. I have a great partner. We take amazing vacations every year. I mean, we, we, have, we visited 11 countries in, in, in a particular year. So that's a major hobby for us. But, but with that as an example, I always felt like I had to pay for it. You know, I'd come back to work and I'd be so overwhelmed. It's as if the vacation never happened. So that recovery time went away really quickly. And so that's, that's what I realized of, okay, how do you, we've got to really get to know ourselves so that number one, we can make more choices for joy. And number two, realizing that joy isn't the outcome of reading a book, as an example. You know, nobody's going to read the Joy Achiever Journey and be like, all right, I'm happy now. <laughs> but instead, it's the accumulation of small choices that we make, you know, every day. Um, I went for a walk, you know, with my husband this morning before he has to fly off and do his job. And I have a jam-packed day with lots of things. But it's making that choice to spend with him an hour before we go off and have the craziness of our lives. And, and tomorrow I'm going to make a different choice, you know. So it's those small choices every day that accumulate that give us this place of joy. Well, you know, you said about your book, it's not going to like, now I'm happy, but you have so much great advice. Like I mentioned in the beginning that you can put into action. That's what people need, I think. Because if you just read a book and it's like, there's not much takeaway, there's not a thing to do, it can be harder. And that's why I'm so impressed. I also love the title Joy Achiever. So talk to us how you came up with that. Well, I was brainstorming with a story coach as I was trying to think about what is it exactly that I'm going to talk about? And just by playing around with the concept of achieving and overachiever, and it just happened to come out. Like, I just want people to be joy achievers. I love that. I and think that's it was great. One of those spontaneous things that, it, that stuck. Well, it's fun. You also have the joy achiever credo. There's 10 uh, tenets. I'm only going to read two because, again, I want people. I, I, when I said I took a lot of notes, I wasn't joking. <laughs> <laughs> And let me thank my husband because he kept our daughter busy because she's always like, mom, 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 mom. And he's like, mom's taking notes. She's like, okay. But mom, no, mom's taking notes. Oh, boy. Uh, seek joy as a passionate journey. I love that. And of course, I love this as well. Deliberately nurture joy-inducing relationships in all areas of their lives. I like that. So you're looking to your loved ones as well. So it's not mm -hmm. just about you achieving joy, but helping them. Really yeah, nice. it's, it's both. I mean, you know, there's that Harvard study, I think it was started in the 30s, that has determined that relationships are the number one secret to healthy aging. And we need people, you know, whether it be a love partner or family members or friends, 
And that's why I think COVID in particular has been so difficult for so many of us because we're missing our, we're missing our tribe. Yes. And, and science tells us, and not, not just the Harvard study, but other studies tell us how important, you know, good relate. And let me clarify, good relationships. I call them joy inducing relationships rather than joy robbing. Right. Because not all relationships are joy inducing and, and, being mindful around how to cultivate those and also being willing to let go of those that aren't. Yeah, I was going to say, because that can be tough, especially if you're entrenched in an unhealthy pattern. Maybe you don't realize it. How do you approach that with loved ones? If you see somebody and you know that they're just not in a relationship that is joyful and it's just bringing them down and yet they just, for whatever reason, aren't able to get out or see that. Yeah, I think I think we just have to put a mirror up. And as as objectively as possible, just point out what we see because folks will rationalize. And I've I've done this. I had a friendship and I talk about it in the book that was a long time friendship. And folks would say, well, this person does this, this, and this, and you end up not being happy about it. And this person's been doing it for a long time. And I will, ah, well, it's just the person. And I get so much value in other ways. You know, I rationalized it for years and finally realized like, yeah, maybe this, maybe this just isn't a good fit. And, and, you know, lots of, lots of times when this happens, if you raise it to the other person, because that's the other tough part, is having a feedback conversation with someone, uh, they're feeling similarly, you know, maybe not about the exact things that you do, but if it's not, typically if it's not working for one, it's not working for both. Yeah, I've always had this idea that if I make friends with somebody, like, we're friends forever, no matter what. And that's not always good because maybe they change in a way or I change in a way or something isn't working or our values don't mesh. And we just, it causes more aggravation than yeah. joy. Well, and that's why I've titled that chapter Relationships Harbor, because some boats are com- are meant to dock for a long time yep. and some are not, some go out. And I want to let people, I want to let that be okay. I mean, there are people who meant to, who were meant to be in my life for a certain period of time because we shared either a life stage or you know, maybe, maybe we're work friends, but now we live in different cities. And to not feel guilty that it's okay that that friendship subsided because you don't share enough commonalities anymore to keep you going. You know, they were meant to be on in, in harbor for that amount of time, and then they went off to another harbor, and it's okay. I love that. Let's talk about true self-stops. Tell us about those. Well, the true self-stops are places of self-exploration. Because in order to make those daily choices for joy, I think we have to know each other, or know ourselves more so. And this is coming from someone who, you know, I felt I'm pretty enlightened, <laughs> however you want to define that term. You know, I know my values, I'm clear about my strengths, but I, I learned even for me, there's even deeper refinement of awareness. And those true self stops are meant to be layovers, if you will, on the life journey to do some exploration. So they're named after, you know, kinds of places. So there's Perceptions Vista and Values Village and Strengths Mountain. And you go there for as long as you need to be there to do the work and the exercises that are included to get more clarity so that you can make those choices. You know, something we hear a lot about is gratitude. And you write, expressing gratitude is one of the easiest ways to shift our perceptions from the negative towards the positive. And you also talk about six ways to engage in gratitude on a frequent basis. One that I've heard and I really like is keeping a gratitude journal. Is this something that you do? You know that, no, I don't actually keep a gratitude journal, but I do, um, I do have a personal mantra to tell someone every day, thank you. Oh, I love that. 
So that's kind of my gratitude. I'm doing it more in action than in writing it down. I, I'm not disciplined enough to keep writing it down, nor on the same place every day. So for me, it's more I, I express my thankfulness at least once, if not more than that, every day. Oh, that's really nice. Well, I'm glad that you, you know, because I don't keep one either. But it's one of those things where I'm like, I really should. And we shouldn't <laughs> should ourselves so much, right? Exactly. Exactly. There's no shame and guilt here. <laughs> keep that good. Let's see. Uh, smile more often. I do a lot of that. I do notice the beauty in nature each day because I go out to the woods every day with my dogs. Watch inspiring videos that remind you of the good in the world. I think that is so important right now. Things are such a mess and it, it can be so disheartening. And yeah. it, it's so important to like just watch some like, I don't know, silly cat video or something or something that just <laughs> makes you laugh. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, that is my place to go for joy too, is our silly animal videos. And I think it during COVID in particular with social media, we've gotten more uh, helpful with one another of sharing those kinds of things and putting it out there. I mean, I think it started in Italy when we'd see the videos of people out on their balconies singing together when they were all stuck during COVID. And that was kind of the first launch of a video sharing like, okay, we don't always have to complain on social media. We can actually share good and happy things. And so that's been a source of, of, um, of kindness and gratitude and joy for me, for sure. And the things that I follow. And that seems like a good way also in all of these things to like, hold on to the joy when you have it. Right. Because I think a lot of times, and, and I used to be this way. I mean, I probably still am a little bit, but my joy was kind of contingent on what was going on in, in day-to-day life. I mean, probably people listening going, duh, isn't that how we all are? But it's like, I don't want that to be because we're all going to have crappy days. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, oh, maybe I didn't get that gig that I wanted or I didn't get asked back to that show or whatever, you know, your work is or my daughter's driving me nuts. Or I mean, whatever little or big things are going on. And then I feel like, oh, where's the joy? And I'm like, well, I'm just going to cuddle with my my pit bull for an hour and he's going to smash me and hurt my hip. But God, he's such a cuddle bug, like finding the joy in these little things instead of letting everything that happens in your life dictate, you know, your mood, right? Absolutely. Today, today happens to be a Monday morning uh, for those of you who are listening. And my week is slammed. It is just, I'm in a period of time right now for the next three weeks where I'm just incredibly busy. And this is also giving me an opportunity to reflect that the choices I made to make myself so busy. So number one, it's a learning experience. But two, uh, I'm, I'm carving out those moments. I'm literally putting placeholders on my calendar throughout the days to at least get up from my desk and to go walk around. I have a sign that says move attached to my computer screen. So I remember to get up, you know, so I'm, I'm know that it's going to be really busy. The work is very cool. So that's the benefit of it. But, I also need to make sure that I at least go walk around the block. And so I, today at 3.30, I have an appointment with myself to go walk around the block. Good. I love this value sort exercise. And you wrote, each time we use a skill, whatever it is, we experience a burst of positivity. I love that. So yesterday, my husband took my daughter to um, cross-country ski for the first time. Now, my daughter has a learning disorder called NVLD, which affects, it's kind of similar to to high-functioning autism, um, but it also affects some of your gross motor and like where you are in space and coordination and stuff. She did so well. And when she came home, she was just beaming. And 
she has, she kind of gets down on herself because things are harder for her. So when I, I thought of that, when she came home, I thought, wow, like there it is, you know, that positivity that is so important. Yeah. So I absolutely. really like that. Well, and it's paying attention to, to those skills or those tasks or those activities that give us that boost, you know, because we want to aim to our most joyous place. And for skills specifically, as an example, there's a lot of things that we're good at, but not necessarily enjoy that are joyful. You know, I can do a spreadsheet, but I am not going to enjoy that. You know, I can clean my house myself, but I am not going to enjoy that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now that she knows she can do it and she loves to do it, she'll keep doing it. So it's always going to be a place for her to find some happiness. Exactly. Oh, I love that. You also write, joy achievers need to strive to use their strengths in some capacity on a daily basis. And you talk about think what talents come naturally, ask others about your strengths. What am I good at? And what am I good at that actually makes me the happiest? And we've got to, re- we've got to reflect on that. And then, you know, it's interesting. There's a statistic out there. I think it's from the Gallup folks that says that 51% of us, of American workers, put their strengths into play once a week. Yeah, I got whole, I got all kinds of issues, unfortunately, with that stat. So like, what about the other 49%? Because the other 49%, it's not like they're doing it more than once a week. They don't even get once a week, number one, that's the problem. And that 51 of us are only once a week. I mean, that's the best it gets. And that is mind-numbing to me, if you think about it in a lot of detail. So how do we, how do we do that more frequently? And I suggest that people do a time study. You know, take a week, a week or two weeks. And in 15-minute increments, jot down what you were doing and rate it on invigoration level on a scale of one to five. So was it really, you know, highly invigorating or not? And then after that week or two weeks, go back and look for the trends and the patterns of what skills are you using, you know, over those two weeks where you had the most invigoration and start there and, and then talk to your boss about how you can have more activities that leverage those strengths or volunteer for projects on your team that enable you to do those strengths. So I just want to get it up from once a week because it's just not enough. Everyone who listens to the show knows that sleep is basically my religion. I love this. This elixir of life is sleep. So I've told the story before, but so I live on the East Coast. My brother lives in Hawaii. We're close. I see him maybe every five years. I'm still going to bed between 830 and nine. And he's like, you know, and it's six hour t- poor guy. It's like early afternoon for him. And I'm like, figure out something to do. I'll see you tomorrow. I love that you have a sleep schedule and that you're willing to stick to it. Because I, in the last year, that's what I've done, too. I mean, it has revolutionized how I feel during the day. Mine is 10 to 6. I sleep from 10 to 6. Uh, and you know, it's available to everybody. Sleep gets a bad rap. You know, people, people like wear this badge of honor. Of, oh, I can survive on four hours of sleep. I don't get that. No. And my husband used to say, oh, we'll sleep when we're dead. And then when you read the studies, insufficient sleep will actually shorten your life. I was about to say, yeah, you'll, you'll be dead soon. So, yeah. so <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> <You can. laughs> it, just, it does so many good things for us yeah, and it really people does. don't understand or respect it. There's a book that, that I love um, called why we sleep Oh, by Matthew Walker. You, you, I got to get it. him on. Yeah. Yeah. He's it's, I just, I remember with my family when I was reading it, it's like, Oh, Hey, listen to this. Oh, Hey, listen to that. I mean, it was just, 
it was a it was it has lots of science in it but while still being really accessible and really easily read oh that sounds great yeah i love that now we talked a little bit about relationships you have a whole great chapter on that i want to go to the me moments like everything else it's got to be a proactive intentional choice and so carving it out with the members of your household of when everybody's me moments are going to be. And sometimes some, sometimes it's five minutes, some, some weeks, maybe that's all you're going to get. But actively looking for places in your schedules to give everybody that me moment time. And the thing that a lot of folks need to realize is that me moments are gifts to other people too. That's true. Because we're going to be more grounded, we're going to be more calm, you know, we're going to be more, more comfortable human to be around <laughs> if we take that time. So, so, you know, it's not always easy. And I think a lot of people feel guilty. You know, well, I've got chores to do. I've got to take care of my daughter, make sure she gets her homework done. I've got to make dinner. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to call my mother to make sure she's okay. I mean, huh. and, and I, we just got to let that guilt go. It's not serving us productively. There's so much great stuff in the book. I mean, I don't want to give everything away, but I, I have to say I was impressed. I mean, usually in a book, you'll have a few lists of things and uh, suggestions, but I'm like, oh my gosh, this just goes on and on. And it's great. Like it was engaging and it was interesting and I wanted to do these things. So I really commend you. I mean, this is incredible. And this isn't even like your regular job, right? I mean, you're <laughs> a big time something or other with spreadsheets. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's will be coming, hopefully, the regular job over yes. time. Um, but I need the other job to pay for this to become the regular thing and do and do some speaking and whatnot. You know, I should I should let you know that um, we are developing a survey right now that's going to be on the website because. I've had some friends read the book and then they've said, I'm just overwhelmed because the blessing and the curse of it is there's a lot, you know, it's helpful that there's a lot, but also it's like, ah, where do I start? What do I do? And so we are developing a survey that's going to be available on the website probably in the next three or four weeks that will let folks, you know, answer 40 questions and then we'll give them a guide of, okay, based on how you responded, here are the chapters that we recommend you start with. I'll take that. Although I like the whole thing. I didn't find it overwhelming. I found, Good. again, I read a lot. I mean, I've been, let's see, for 12 years now, I've been doing radio and then podcasts. And I probably get four to six books a week. And I, I read a lot. And I'm, I don't know. I, I just like the way it was laid out. Thank I just you. think you did a phenomenal job. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Well, I want to take that quiz. Give us all the information of how we find you and your wonderful book. I just love it. The Joy Achiever Journey. Joy Achiever Journey. So you can buy it on all the major major retailers, but Amazon in particular, obviously. And then I've got a website called thejoyachiever.com. Um, you can sign up for my joy journal, which is the Friday weekly doses of joy, really short and brief. Um, there's also a resources page that has the worksheets, basically, all the exercises that are in each of the chapters. There's a, a downloadable for each one. So folks can go grab those if they want, and it, and it boils it down to the specific. But you're a joy achiever instead of an overachiever now. So I know. Isn't that so see, I'm still living it. I'm still challenged, <laughs> just like everybody else is. But if people can see you, you're just glowing. Well, thank you. You're beautiful. That. You have the smile and you, you can see the joy in what you're doing, which is so fabulous. Yeah. You know, a lot of people talk about their calling and, um, and this is mine. This is really mine. So, you know, in that spirit of needing to pay the bills. So I still need to have this other business because I got to pay the bills until the joy chamber ultimately is the way to also pay the bills. 
Right. Uh, but it's clear to me that I was I was meant to do this work and I was meant to help people find, you know, more avenues for joy in their lives. Definitely. Well, you've you've brought me joy and this has been absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I've loved it. Thank you so much for listening to Talk Healthy Today. I hope you got as much out of the show as I did. I feel so lucky to talk to so many incredible people to help you live your healthiest life. So please rate, review, and subscribe and never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today.